Oh, it tells me I'm live, and you know what that means. Gonna have to adjust some cameras. Oh boy. Well, Toronto. It is a snowy, somewhat cold Toronto night. But guys, I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty stoked to be back at this. We had, uh bit of a weird one there last week with the pre-record, so I actually haven't sat down in front of this microphone and drank a beer in, uh, oh, 10 or 11 days. It's been a while. It's been a minute, as the kids would say. Um, but yeah, good to be back, and uh, I'm excited about this one. Let's just dive right in. Oh, George, how you going, buddy? Welcome to the show. Uh, George Eagleson, ladies and gentlemen, joining us live on Instagram. Oh, and Craft Beer Cons. Look at everyone's. Everyone's jumping in now. That's the best part of this is watching who goes, oh, I just got a notification someone went live. I'm going to come in and join the party. Um, <laughs> oh, George. Uh, anyway, so uh, what do we got tonight? Well, you know, you might have seen it in the uh, the title, depending on where you're watching or listening but this bad boy look i wore a shirt that matches my uh uh my beer tonight uh this is the shirt i generally wear but uh tonight it matches so there you go oh george i see is sending in a request he wants brothers johnson strawberry letter 23 george we could probably make that happen uh probably not next week but that can happen that can happen uh yeah so jelly king uh, from Bellwoods and not just Jelly King, but the reason why it matches my shirt, if you're watching the or listening to the podcast, not watching, I'm showing this against my shirt. They're almost the same color uh, is because this one's the fruited. Uh, this is with raspberry and blackberry. Mm-mm-mm. Two of my favorite thorny growing berries. You ever pick raspberries or blackberries? Some thorny stalks in the old raspberry patch. Uh, but that won't be spiky in this bottle. It will just be fruitific. So I'm going to, uh, and this is, of course, a bottle. I've got my uh, my church key opener right here. Not church key brewing, by the way. I think I might have had a church key brewing opener at some point, but this type of opener, just commonly referred to as a church key. This, incidentally, you can't tell. It just looks like metal now. It is metal. That's because the silk screening is worn off. This used to have a steam whistle logo. This was the original retro style opener that they gave you at the brewery if you did a tour. Uh, then they got them powder coated, but this one predates the powder coating. So no evidence that it was ever a steam whistle brewing uh, uh, church key, though. Yeah, I love church key, too, George. It's great. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Everyone's down on the Jelly King. We're all happy about this. So Jelly King, that was maybe not the best Foley, but hopefully it came through on the microphone. And I'm just going to back up a little for the pour. Make sure everyone can see. No idea. I did scrub this glass out, but I did not use any sort of uh, detergent. So we'll see. Oh, my golly. I've forgotten how red this beer was and hazy. Ooh -wee. This is looking fierce, fierce. OK. Oh, and it's just it's it's there's there's juice and fruit and every which way just filling this room right now. It's like I'm in a sauna of fruit. Specifically raspberry and blackberry. So, uh, yeah, uh, as noted, a yeah, fairly dirty glass. My apologies, kids. Uh, this is opaque. This is, uh, what would we call that color? Fuchsia? What would we call that fuchsia? 
some type of maroon. Not sure how we rate that, but it's it is a deep reddish purple color uh, fuchsia. I'm going to go with fuchsia, uh, opaque as and a nicely pinky colored head to it, especially if I give it a little little swirl. Make sure I get that on both cameras. Yeah, nice. That's a dusty rose head. Uh, no, George, not blood orange. This is uh, raspberry and uh, and and blackberry. Uh, Crafty Beer Nerd says burgundy. Yeah, I take burgundy. Eh, yeah, 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 we can go with that. Burgundy, I think a little more red in my mind, but color names like that, very subjective, very subjective. Uh, and I haven't even stuck my nose into this yet, so let's do that right now. By the way, in a very stylish Spiegelau IPA glass, because at the root of it, this is, of course, a, uh, a dry hopped sour ale. Whenever you get dry hops, I'm like, eh, we could probably work within the uh, confines of uh, an IPA glass. And of course, one of the benefits of this glass, it has a uh, it has a sort of wine glass esque top to it. So we get that focus of the smell. Uh, George wants to recommend that we call this Dusty Springfield. And I can get down to that because uh, uh, the only boy who could ever reach me is the son of a preacher man. So huge raspberry off the top and blackberry, but like the raspberry is, I think, what my brain kind of goes to right away. But interestingly, mmm, yeah. You can smell, I know what Jelly King smells like, and I can get that sense. There's some maltiness to it, and um, I'm assuming that this is a kettle sour, but there's a bit of a lacto-y kind of acidic um, aroma in there as well. But tons, like it smells like jam. It smells like, well, jelly. So there you go. Oh, Court's jumped in. Hey, Court, what's going on? Hope you're well, kid. Um, like jam. It smells like I want to put this on peanut butter and toast. Oh, let's not bury the lead. No, wait, let's bury that lead. I want to bury that lead. That's the lead I'm burying. If you're listening to the podcast, I just made a very elaborate, I'm keying my mouth shut. That sounds weird. Anyway. So yeah, big, 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 juicy berry goodness. Let's, uh, let's, let, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Once again, I know how to pick them. Not good for you guys. I just want to shut this down and drink. Mm. That's interesting. I was drinking a non-fruited Jelly King not that long ago, and I was really struck with, I can't remember if it's that I just had forgotten, or if indeed they're not quite cranking so hard on the, uh, on the acid dial. It's definitely tart, it's definitely a sour beer, but it, it doesn't offer a lot of like, kind of puckering your cheeks kind of sour. This one is pushing into that range. Not there. It's not it's not acidic. It's not it's not challenging. And I wonder if it's the berries themselves have added enough acidity to the existing acidity of the beer that it's created a bit more. Or if when they produce it for the the fruit one, if they intentionally let it get a little bit more acidic because you can carry a bit more of that tartness with the berries than you could necessarily alone. Or at least I mean I've had sour beers that were like paint stripper. Um, so, I mean, you can get them turned up pretty hot, but yeah, Bellwoods is, uh, 
It's not that they're reserved with their uh, with their their beers, but they're they're sensible. Let's go with sensible. They know they know how to make beers taste good and the way people want them to taste. So, um, so yeah, what do we get? Well, um, right off the top, first impression is immediately actually almost more blackberry now, but definitely raspberry as well. Um, big fruity sweetness right off the top that immediately becomes quite tart. Uh, settles through to a more almost lemony acidity uh, from the beer and then the finish it's very interesting because of course this is a dry hopped sour that's the hops are coming in at the end um, let me have another sip it's really hard there, there's a pleasingly um, kind of herbal dryness at the finish could not tell you oh look my sister's joining and we got we got people from all over the continent right now this is fantastic we got people in california we got people in saskatchewan uh and then some other people too so that's great um yeah i couldn't tell you what the hop is on this there's a pleasingly dry bitterness at the finish which really it, it doesn't it doesn't um, it, it, it doesn't remove the tartness. I mean, the finish uh, stays fruity and tart, but there's also a, a dry herbal quality on the end. It's interesting. Oh, and I've been missing the chat over here. A friend of the pod, Jay Lake, says red or pink. So that's what he thinks this color looks like. Um, I'm still going with fuchsia. And it it well, Yeah. I'm going to go with fuchsia and it is opaque and juicy berry goodness. And yeah, if I had to rate the three elements of this beer, the berries are at the top, very prevalent. The acidity from the sourness of the beer ties in with the berries, which both types of berries have a certain acidity to them anyway. And then the hop, the hopping is, is, is minimal. Uh, if, if you've ever had a sour beer and thought you liked it, but you think you don't like hoppy beers, don't get scared off on this one. This is not a particularly hoppy, dry hop sour. It is nice, just nicely dry. Courtney says she thinks it looks like cranberry color. It does look like cranberry sauce a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and if I'm fair, I got to go back to uh, Crafty Beer Nerd's assessment that it's burgundy. Cranberries, I think we could confidently call burgundy although most people call them cranberry in color so maybe we should call it cranberry color <laughs> the, the jury's out guys we haven't made a decision just yet Mm-mm-mm. but yeah a lot of berries definitely a lot of berry to it it's really nice um yeah, I don't know if I've had specifically the raspberry blackberry uh, variety myself in the past. I've had other iterations of this that have been fruited. I feel like there was one that was like mango, maybe? That was a while back, though. Anyway, super tasty. Really nice. Um, interestingly, mouthfeel, too. A lot of the time, these uh, a lot of sour beers tend to be pretty light-bodied. Uh, with the fruit juice here, I'm assuming the fruit juice went into secondary, so it's had some fermentation, but not a ton, because there's a lot of weight to this beer. Um, and that the, the fruit, if you don't ferment out that sugar, it will stay in the beer, give it some density. Um, could be wrong about that. I've been wrong in the past. 
Oh, I just got a really interesting pop of malt. It was very Pilsner malty for a second there. Mmm. Yeah, now that I've tasted it, I was going to say it's all I can taste. No, that's definitely not the case. Most of what I can taste is raspberry and blackberry. But yeah, a nice Pilsnery malt kind of, almost not quite crackery, but nice malty taste to it. Mmm. Really good. Really good. I could see that there would be temptation here to maybe uh, try and turn this into like a lactose kind of beer. Try and set off some of that sourness with some lactose sugar, but uh, they have not, and I... I support that. Um, so yeah, that's that. This is Jelly King uh, Raspberry Blackberry from Bellwoods. Now I picked this up at the LCBO. I also guarantee you, if they haven't sold out of it, it will be available at, at uh, both of their breweries. That'll be on Ossington and uh, Gary. I can't remember the other one, the production brewery. Uh, so you can grab it there. I've seen the regular Jelly King at Loblaws, uh, and they might have the fruited one too. Not sure. I, oh, hang on a sec. Did I buy? Yeah, I bought this at the LCBO. Um, but they also, uh, Bellwoods now is doing Jutsu Pale Ale. <sighs> That's a good beer. And Roman Candle, uh, both of which you can get in cans at, again, Loblaws and the LCBO. Uh, so definitely take a look at that. Now, I will tell you, you might have a little sticker shock, but they are all within what I consider a reasonable range for uh, a beer from a brewery their size. We'll talk about that in a second, but I do need another drink. Mm -mm -mm. Now, I might be preaching to the choir here now, guys. I know a lot of y'all know this, but I think uh, a buck per hundred mil or about a penny a, a, a mill for a brewery the size of of, uh, of Bellwoods for just a normal beer is pretty okay. So this guy at uh, this is a six or five hundred mil bottle, uh, five bucks. But now we also have to factor in that there's fresh fruit in here, so up the price a little bit. I think I want to say this was seven fifty, um, but this isn't a, this isn't a crushing beer. This is a slowly enjoying while recording a podcast with your friends kind of beer. And that's what I'm doing with it. And I like it. Um, I think the Jetsu's around 450, which is less than a buck per hundred mil. Uh, Roman Candle might be just a little over that, 480 or so, maybe five bucks. I'm not sure. Totally, totally worth it. Crafty Beer Nerd agrees. Definitely worth the extra money. Here's the thing. You can buy beer that's cheaper than that. It's not hard. In fact, you can buy very good beer cheaper than that. I drink Dab on the reg, and I know some people piss and moan about it, but it is a very, very good beer. And I think I'm paying like $230 or $240 a can, or maybe $280, I can't remember. Nowhere near $470. Like, not quite half, but pretty close. And it's nice beer. But it's also a brewery that produces an insanely big volume. And of course... Producing in larger volume means you can do it more cheaply. So if you want it, I, Czechvar is amazing. Pilsner Arkell even is getting expensive at like 310 a can. It's still way cheaper than most craft beer, and it's fantastic. Um, you know, nothing wrong with any of those beers. And so if you're looking for uh, uh, quantity, not versus quality, these are quality beers, but if quantity is what you're looking for, you can deal with that. But if you're looking to try interesting and new things, I would say don't be afraid. I mean, maybe you're not going to get a 12-pack of these. Maybe you will. Some people do. But... Uh, 
I think, I think you should be getting into this. This is a really, really tasty beer. Mm-mm-mm. Now, talk about Bellwoods in a minute. Sorry, this is, this is quite tart. It's creating a bit of a... I can't say it any other way. It's a bit of a mucus kind of thing going. Getting some uh, throat stuff happening, and I <clears throat> have to keep kind of... Because it's quite tart. Uh, anyway, <laughs> now that I've shared that kind of disgusting tidbit... Uh, yeah, so here's the thing. We're going to go really basic on this, okay? Here's what you're going to eat with it. I've got some sourdough in the oven right now. Uh, <laughs> getting another color thing. We'll touch on that in a second, Jay Lake. Uh, i got some nice sourdough in the oven right now. Real nice sourdough. Uh, take a slice of that. Take a slice of any bread you want. Toast it. Make sure it's toasted in this case, okay? Peanut butter. If you like junk peanut butter, what we call around our house junk peanut butter, you know, Kraft, Skippy, etc. Cool. You do you. Me, I just want peanuts that have been crushed up. Pardon me. Just burped unexpectedly. Uh, I like the natural crunchy peanut butter. That's what I'm going to get down to. I'm going to put that on a piece of toasted sourdough. I'm going to eat that and drink this beer because this is the jelly. It's the jelly king. But it's also the jelly in your Sammy. So you don't need the jelly now. You can just have the peanut butter and the beer. Amazing. Like, I don't even... I could get more complicated and more interested than that. I don't want to. I think that's sufficient. If you really are insistent, go with something that has peanuts in it. Maybe something Thai. That could be interesting. But then, like, what? You're going to have lemongrass and galangal and stuff competing with blackberries and raspberries? Don't be crazy. Eat some peanut butter. Eat it on a spoon. You ever just sit with a jar of peanut butter and a spoon? And like, no? No? Mm, I did. Not recently, but as a teenager, man, I ate a lot of peanut butter that way. It's nice. Uh, so that's what you're going to eat with it. Don't go crazy. I mean, yeah, brie, probably amazing. Nice, creamy, fatty beer. Uh, I mean, cheese, creamy, fatty beer. Oh, let's have a creamy, fatty cheese with a tart, fruity beer. Nice. Uh, but uh, no, peanut butter on toast. Perfect. Perfect pairing. Mm -mm -mm. I do like that. Speaking of my sourdough, I'm looking at my time. I bet Miss Erica is going to get a beep in a minute. She's going to have to take the lid off of it. Then it's going to get another 20 minutes to just get nice and brown. And Do you guys ever cook sourdough? Do you want to know my favorite part? I mean, the smell, amazing. The look, delightful. Obviously, eating it is the best part. Oh, Crafty Beer Nerd says some duck breast would be nice. And I could not agree more. This would be really good with duck or turkey. Um, more, uh, yeah, Eric has already pulled the lid. What a lovely person. Uh, any of those, um, you could have it with chicken, but something with a little bit more oomph to it, turkey, duck, etc., goose, if that's your jam. Um, this would work really well. Again, the same way that I was talking about brie being fatty, these are fatty birds. And so the tartness is going to cut through. And of course, obviously, blackberry, raspberry, thinking cranberry, tart, whatever, goes really good. That's why we put cranberry sauce on turkey. So that would work really well. That's a very, very good recommendation. Thank you for that. Uh, duck breast would be good. Duck breast as confit, as a roasted duck breast, however you like it. It's going to work really well. You know what I made one time for people, and man, did it work well, was uh, duck breast prosciutto. Look it up, kids. Look it up. You won't be sorry. Uh, 
easy to make too. You get a frozen duck breast, costs like seven, eight bucks. You make this thing, it's like a pound of this prosciutto, slice it real thin. You're gonna need some uh, cheesecloth and ideally a beer fridge that isn't running at quite full low temp, like six, seven is perfect. Uh, easy, easy, easy. It's really nice. Uh, anyway. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So that's what we're going to eat with it. Um, great recommendations. Uh, Jay Lake wanted to point out, uh, this is seal Brown. He tells me and he's giving me the hex code, but I don't believe it because there's no letters in it, but he says the hex code for this one is two zero zero three zero zero. Um, tell you what, let's look that up. Hex color lookup. Uh huh. And now if I just plug, can I plug in? I want to just, I want to plug it in. I don't want favorites. Oh yeah, here we go. And we said that was two zero zero three zero zero. Oh, I put one too many zeros in there. Give it to me. Uh, Jay Lake, that's brown, man. I guess depending on, no, that's not red enough. Try again, Jay Lake. Good work though. I appreciate the effort. Uh, yeah, it even has a seal brown in it. It's redder than that, man. Somebody get a Pantone color scale out. Remember last week we talked with Fabian about the Pantone colors? It's an important thing. Designers love that stuff. Anyway, uh, Bell Woods. Hey, did you listen to Ben Johnson's interview on his podcast with uh, Mike and Luke from Bell Woods? Two fantastic fellows. Haven't seen them in donkey's age gotta tell you that i don't get out west very often unfortunately um but lovely lovely dudes fantastic conversation uh ben's a big fanboy, so that always helps and uh interestingly enough i mean some really cool insights about their litigiousness which they don't like but they have to do uh but also um that third location they were saying publicly it's still on the table it's still on the table uh Speaking of litigiousness, just having a bit of legal problems with it, but uh, they are still game for that third very beautiful location. Um, so fingers crossed for them. Bellwood's great, guys. I don't know where you're listening to this from. If you're in California, when you get back home, you could head over. Uh, if you're in Saskatchewan, apologies, not going to happen. But if you are in Toronto and you have not visited Bellwood's, good golly, it's something. It is something. So get yourself over to Ossington. So cool now too, Ossington, you know, I remember when they first moved in there and it was just on the cusp of gentrification and good golly, you can't, can't spin a hipster handbag without hitting a mustachioed penny farthing peddling person. <laughs> anyway, uh, so good on Bellwoods, loving this, uh, support them. Especially, again, pandemic times. I mean, if you can order from them, fantastic. If not, you know, pick up their cans at the LCBO at the uh, Loblaws. Especially breweries like Bellwoods. I don't quite say I would worry, but I'm always a little aware. Like, that's an easy skew to drop. You know, Fruited Jelly King. That's the kind of thing the LCBO tries and then goes, yeah, no. Nah. So vote with your dollars and buy them and uh, keep them on the shelves. That's how we're going to keep them in there. So I'm going to have another sip, and then I'm going to tell you what's going down this week. Mm -mm -mm. So I could drink that all night, probably will. Um, 
Hey, so this week, big, big week if you are a practitioner of the Christian faith, because of course, it is uh, Pancake Tuesday followed by Ash Wednesday. Depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching this live right now, and a bunch of you are, always a pleasure having you. I'm talking about tomorrow being Pancake Tuesday or Shrove Tuesday, if you prefer. Uh, and then, of course, the Wednesday, the day after that, Ash Wednesday, marking the beginning of Lent. You given up anything for Lent? I haven't given it any thought. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but uh, but yeah, if that's your jam, get in there. You know, one time I gave up food for Lent. That was fun. Look it up on the internet. Not hard to find. Uh, <laughs> Shrove Tuesday, though. Pancakes. You like your pancakes? How do you like your pancakes? Like a buttermilk pancake? You know what I've been doing recently? Not buttermilk, but like buttermilk. I've been using leftover sourdough starter. This is the most one-dimensional episode ever. Can I talk about sourdough anymore? Yes, probably can. Uh, yeah, I use some of the leftover starter to acidify the pancake batter and then a lot of, uh, of, of baking soda as opposed to baking powder, which reacts with the acid in the starter or the acid in the buttermilk to create carbon dioxide, much like a vinegar and baking soda volcano. Uh, and then that gets captured in the pancake, and when you bake it, it expands, and you get very, very delightful pancakes. Been loving that. Good way to use up starter, too, because you, you always end up with excess starter. Got to find something to do with it. Also have a really good banana bread recipe I've been just, just tweaking the dials on, but it's... Pretty damn good, if I do say so myself. Very Hawaiian style. Uh, not like your granny's banana bread. This banana bread's got more butter than is sensible to eat in a seating. Um, ah, Courtney says, Swedish pancake. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with the Swedish pancake. You ever have the Dutch pancakes, the little guys? You need a special pan for them? Not part of my background, uh, despite my Dutch last name, more my wife's, uh, her last name, her background. Uh, but I know she talks about them, and I have had them at some point. I feel like at some sort of an event. Anyway, hey, use up the fat in your house, or don't. Keep the fat in your house. I don't care. Just eat pancakes. Who needs an excuse to eat pancakes for dinner? You should just do it on the reg anyway. So have your pancakes tomorrow. Get your ashes smeared on your forehead on Wednesday, although probably not in person, although I think now we're allowed to have places of worship open. My place of worship's not open. We decided a while ago we're staying closed until at least Easter. So, uh, but yeah, get your little mark if that's your jam. If it's not, that's cool. Eat your pancakes on Tuesday. If you want to give something up for 40 days because it's a good habit to get into, yeah, do that too. Fasting's a good thing. Um, yeah, why don't I tell you a little bit about fasting? I'm going to have another sip. A lot of people use fasting in the Christian context as a form of penitence, which is to say you're doing something to punish yourself uh, for perceived or actual wrongdoing. Uh, I know for a lot of people that's part of your tradition, and if that's part of your tradition, you do you. Uh, for me, that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is much more of the... Um, Spiritual practice of redirecting energy. And the way you do this is you decide not to do something that you would typically do. Uh, maybe it's eating. That was a tough one. Maybe it's eating chocolate. That's probably the most common. Maybe it's doing something different. Like you're going to say, I'm not going to play video games on my phone for 40 days. I know somebody who's doing that. Uh, 
whatever it is. The key is you're not doing it to make yourself feel bad or you're not doing it to be like, oh, like I'm self-flagellating by not doing this thing. No, what you're doing is you're taking something that consumes energy, which is to say mental, emotional, whatever. And when you go to do it because you do it all the time, you stop yourself and you say, I'm going to direct that energy to something else. In the Christian tradition, what we would direct that energy at would be some sort of spiritual preparation for the upcoming Easter season, which is sort of like the playoffs uh, in, in the Christian calendar. Most people think Christmas is the big holiday. It's not. It's Easter. And uh so to get yourself ready for that, maybe you redirect that energy every time you stop yourself from doing the thing that you would typically do. You pray or maybe you read the Bible or maybe you do something else. If all that's a little too Christian-y religious-y and that's just not your jam, that's cool. You can still use the same technique and just do something different. So, for instance, maybe you're going to learn a new language. Pardon me. And you're going to use Duolingo, which is a fantastic app for learning a new language. Every time you go to have your cup of joe that you're giving up, stop yourself. Say, instead of using that energy to prepare my cup of joe and then consume it, I'm going to use that time and energy to do 10 minutes on Duolingo. See, that's fasting. That's all fasting is. We make a big song and dance and smoke and maybe not mirrors, <laughs> incense, whatever. And that's all well and fair, but that's not what it has to be. You can use the same technique for basically anything. Uh, I also tell people all the time, people are oh, what's your New Year's resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? I started this year and last year something just after New Year's that I stuck with, uh, but I didn't treat it as a resolution because I think that's sort of silly. But if that's what you want to do, it's not good enough to set a resolution saying I'm going to do X more or I'm going to do X this number of times. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to run. I'm going to whatever. The problem is most people I know are pretty much booked up. And so if you want to add something, you have to remove something and you have to find out what it is you're going to remove. That's kind of what fasting is. It's saying, I want to do this thing. And so I will give up this thing. And in the time I would have done that thing, instead, I'll do this other thing that I want to do more of. Um, and that's really all it has to be. It's a really useful tool. Uh, again, outside of the spiritual context, I will counsel you if you are a person of faith it is a fantastic spiritual practice that has amazing insight and growth potential if you can engage with it. Uh, but even if that's not your jam, it is a very useful thing that you can do just because maybe it's like a New Year's resolution. I wish I could read more. I wish I had more time to read. OK, well, what do you need to give up? You've been binging on The Mandalorian. OK, next time you want to watch Mando, 40 minutes of reading. See, that's all fasting is. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, this has turned into a bit more of a rant than I usually do. I'm going to have a bit more beer and then I'm going to say goodbye. Mm, bye. Oh, it was so tempting just to leave it at that, but I can't because I just can't shut up. Uh, what's going on this week? Well, like I said, we're returning to 
I don't even know anymore. The government is so lousy at communicating this sort of stuff. I don't know what's happening anymore. Am I allowed to do things again? I think I can go to a gym. Not that I go to gyms. The kids are sure going back to school. Our numbers are going to shoot up through the roof. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to keep going to work like normal. Going to eat some pancakes for dinner tomorrow night. Put some ashes on my head on Wednesday night. That's all I got. So, uh, so yeah, whatever you got going down this week, be safe out there. Uh, if it includes a little bit more freedom to do more things, good and enjoy that, but please responsibly. And as always, uh, take care of each other out there. It's, you know, it's been a tough week for me. Um, it's actually been a tough six weeks, but, uh, really was feeling at the end of the last week, had a rough couple of days. They're real bleak. Um, nothing to do with anything. Um, just all in my head. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Combination of pandemic and too many people dying. Just, oh, it's been rough, but, um, but yeah. So if that's where your head's at, I hope you're feeling better. And if that's not where your head's at, but you got friends who maybe that's where their heads are at, check in on them. Um, had some friends check in and that was nice. Um, sometimes all you can do is just say, Hey, what's up? And listen. Um, and that's great. Um, you don't have to have the answers. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to know what to say. Uh, all you have to do is know how to listen. So I would encourage you to give that a whirl. Uh, other than that, check out Bellwoods. If you don't know about Bellwoods, come on, what are you even watching this podcast for listening to this podcast for this one? Jelly King with blackberry and raspberry is just bolts. So buy it and buy a lot of it. And, uh, you have yourself a good drink of it. Other than that, uh, don't know what I'm doing next week. Love to do an interview. Been really enjoying the interviews. So, uh, maybe I can strong arm somebody into jumping on the pod with me next week. And if not, I'll be back drinking a beer because that's what we do. It's Monday night and, uh, yeah, I'll be back, you know, seven days. Talk at you a little bit after nine and, uh, other than that, be good to each other. Take care. Have a good night.